When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, uh, Magic Hands, do the thing that you do. Yes. On tonight's Dad Band Land. Yes. Here's some of what we're going to be talking about. Oh, so slick. That was really Hit it. You said hit it this time. Yeah, because you're on your fucking phone. Yeah, I had to check on a crisis. We're good. (laughs) Here we go. Catalytic converters. Yes, we are that podcast that hummada 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 hummada. What? Okay. No, I'm, dude. I'm bored with her. Why intro. are you bored with the intro? Because it's boring. No, no. Because no, I've no, said it a lot. No. Yeah, you've said it a lot. But we want it. That's why we come here. We oh, love you hearing You make it. it more exciting. A lot. Yeah. yeah. I, I could. That would be your you know problem. What? Listeners, uh, dadbandland at gmail.com. If you can think of a new way to describe our show, I'd appreciate it. Meanwhile... Dude, I'll, I'll I, I can't, I can't endorse it. this. Because when you go to see your favorite band, you don't want them to start their, your favorite song and be like... Fuck it, I'm bored. I'm with playing this. the new stuff. I'm yeah, nervous. yeah, you're right. We're all gonna right. hear some songs off my Welcome new to album. Dad yeah. Band Land, the podcast that talks about all the music you love and we love. The point of view of a neighborhood cover band. Oh man, that was good. That yes. was good. That's classic with so a little energy. Now. Uh, yeah, all right. Now I know where the fuck I am. And then I'll say I'm Adam Felber, your host. No, I am Kevin Burke, your co-host. And here we are, and uh, over there down the road. Yes, it's your tri-host Jeffy Branyan. 
<laughs> try host. Well, that sounds That's, like there's a third I'm leg in, somewhere. I'm into that. Yeah. Um, in, in case you're wondering what, what that awkward delay was, Jeffy is for the second week in a row at home uh, in, in, uh, at his home. In the comfort of his home. In the comfort of his home. He will be with us live next week. We think. Jeffy, we what is playing um, on your long-distance jukebox tonight? Well, tonight in Jeffy's jukebox, it's Irresistible Dance Song. That's great. All right. Songs that you you have to you personally have to dance Your to. Your body demands it. Yes. We talked about undanceable songs. Weirdly, we've never discussed what is you know a what? large genre of music, dance music. It's true, and I'm not sure how dancey we are as four people. I'm intrigued. I don't I've never seen any of you dance. Well, we'll get to that when we talk about it cuz I, uh, I, I, I think some intrigued. of our answers may surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous now. Jokes on them. Let's I know. Walk. Now I know why Jeffy stayed home. Um, and and <laughs> over there at the table is 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 um, a guy who for the first time has plausibly dressed like the serial killer we make him out to be. <laughs> <laughs> It is true. <laughs> He's wearing some kind of uh, lumberjacky it is, plaid it is seether thing. But for the record, it is for, it is for the band. It is for the band Seether. So it's legit. It isn't. He didn't murder a person. I'm not. Oh, no, we're aware. Wait, of. I mean, wait, I guess it's not let me, mutually wait, let me exclusive. Check my headlines. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Seether yeah, check. drummer killed in <laughs> check. Missing, mysterious circumstances. Several missing members of <laughs> yeah. Seether. I just got a citizen alert. <laughs> Hey, Brian Frank, what's in your yes. House of Wax today? Uh, I am your quad host, Brian Frank. <laughs> oh, wow. And, uh, <laughs> Quadraphonic host. And uh, tonight we're talking about Lou Reed's second album, Transformer. Oh, All right. boy. Transformer. You know, that's, uh, I had not heard the whole album. I heard many of the songs on it, but I'd never heard the I, whole album. I mean, I love it. I know, I know Brian I love does. this album, yeah. Um, Jeffy? Jeffy? Yeah, no, I had never heard anything but the hits. This is exciting because that's that's there's certain albums that are so classic. I assume everyone knows them very well. So this is I, very... had, I had thoughts about I had thoughts about it. I had reasons for not listening. We'll get to those. Yeah, later. I'm intrigued. Mm. Yeah, 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 I'm as much as intrigued to see you dance as much as I want to find. I'm out not about... going to dance. No, we'll I talk demand about my history dance. of dance. Well, no, <laughs> if we play the song, show, you can't stop yourself. You can't stop that's the yourself. Point. Oh, that's the whole point. That's the whole Pavlovian response. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess we're all going to see each other dance. We're going to see some shit happen. This is the last episode of Dad Band. Hey, turn off my camera. Hey, a uh, <laughs> couple of quick program notes and updates. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, that's right. Jeff, you can turn that off. Uh, if I seem a little bit out of sorts tonight, or not out of sorts, I'm in a good mood. Tonight. But if I kind of drift off, it's because yesterday I got my COVID and flu shot. And I thought I'd be clear of the side effects by now, but <laughs> I'm still a little dazed. Got, I've needed got, naps several times today. Certain weird hmm. parts of my body hurt. You got the twofer? I got the you twofer. You went in for the twofer? No, it's interesting because no. I came back into the studio and you were just staring at the ground. I was like, shit, something's yeah. going on. You might get more of that. I'm into this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Other program note is, yeah. uh, dude, dude. Yeah? Dude. What? I, I didn't have to drive you today. What's, what's, what's up with that? What's up with that? There was another, there have been like two big busts in the last couple of weeks. A, a thousands of catalytic converters were found in a warehouse in San Antonio. Anyway, long story short, I got my catalytic converter oh, back. That's, did you write so your, wait, did you write your, your name on yours? your actual catalytic <laughs> yeah, converter? Yeah, they found it. It drives just like it's the same one, so it must be. It's gotta be. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's, where's your car? <laughs> it's right outside where that guy is cool. taking my catalytic. Oh, oh no! <laughs> I got I got a follow up though. Last week you just dropped this knowledge on us that your uh, kitchen smelled like uh, urine, and then you left. Oh. Then you left. Then you abandoned your wife to the urine smell. Yeah, like acrid and horrible. Acrid yeah. horror, and you're like, well, like, like, see you like, time like, the podcast. Like an old timey rail riding hobo had died under the. <laughs> oh, 
think. Um, <laughs> like he came to steal a pie from our windowsill, found no pies, and, and which and, is surprising and from died your of starvation. But you know what? Uh, we don't know what it was, but now. Due to certain forensic evidence, we suspect <laughs> we suspect that there was a rodent of some sort under the oven, so that when we turned on the oven to cook something at a very high heat, to cook something, not the rodent, yeah, we we cooked the um, <laughs> things that the rodent was leaving underneath <laughs> the, the oven, which now we've cleaned, and possibly the rodent itself, although uh, he might have struggled outside. There was no, there were no remains of the. Day. I was I, the rodent of unusual size. It was a rodent of unusual size, but it's it seems to be gone now. I have to commend you by doing the thing that every homeowner I know does, which is something shitty happens, and then you just give it like twenty four hours and hope it just sort of goes away. And sometimes it does. <laughs> that, that's why we do it. Oh my god, my ice maker has died and been reborn so many times. <laughs> no, I know. We one time had jack o' lanterns in an apartment. I watched them get too rotten to throw away. Eventually, they just disappeared. That's how I treat a lot of problems. That's what now. happens. Yeah, that's, how, <laughs> that's what I hope that's for in my new, vegetable drawer. That's too. How my new philosophy on things. You know what? Maybe eventually that just won't be a problem anymore. Eventually you know, this, is a long time in the case of multiple jack o' lanterns, though. It, yeah. it was longer than I would care to admit to. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't in the house. Didn't last till next Halloween, though, so that's all that matters. No, I tried. Okay. Well, uh, as long as we're having such a very dadular conversation, here's the big news. We're not going to say a lot about it, but... Not yet. The band has a gig. We oh, may wow. have a show to p- play. Early next year, there's a local arts center that got a grant to get a, a professional muralist company to come, and, and it, we're, it's going to be turned into a big event mm-hmm. in a parking mm-hmm. lot. Keytar. So I smell Keytar. <laughs> I smell... Keytar. We'll see what happens because I'm not buying. Well, one. I know there's a holiday between now and then where oh, maybe yeah. your co-host so listeners, chip in for a key- listeners, <laughs> listeners, go fund me. Yeah, start a GoFundMe. Get Adam a keytar. You guys go ahead. Set up a GoFundMe. I'm gonna set up a. Yeah, everyone else is putting up GoFundMe for important things. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> get you a buy keytar. Adam a keytar GoFundMe. Because what are they? Hundred bucks? I. It doesn't matter. It's it not gonna. Matter. It's not gonna reach there that because our listeners well don't want to see me that with a keytar. Who doesn't? You dancing with a keytar? That's what I want to see. If you. Set it up. I'll play it, but only one song. Dancing a jig. I'll do one. I'm not dancing a jig. You'll do one set. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll full set. I heard. I heard once. Yeah, full set. I'll be there. It's gonna become your trademark. It is. Yeah, it is. I'm good. I will gladly stand up and announce it next week. I will stand behind the drum kit to not be seen, and you can just take the spot up front. If you yeah. play that key- guitar all stage, night, Adam, yeah, I'll take, take your the show. Power back. I'll do my imitation of Kevin's stance. That'll be yeah. Really <laughs> oh, all right. It can be done with a guitar. So we don't have a set list yet, but now we're gonna have to like uh, rehearse. Put every some week. shit together. Yeah. Remember, remember how to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's exciting. And uh, yeah, let's uh, more of that to follow. Everybody, we will maybe try some new songs. We will maybe be shitty at old songs. We're gonna find out. That's the excitement about dad band. It's really exciting. I do feel like if you're like a member of a real band, you show up to practice and you just fucking kill it. We don't know what's gonna happen when we walk in the room. <laughs> we have we really no don't. idea. We don't know. No. You walk in, you're like, we were good at this. No, not anymore. No, we know. We played just like a month, less than a month ago. You're right. We did. Great. We did. We, we were great. just. The point is, the variables are pretty high. They you are. Never know. You never what know. What it's you gonna get. be. Yeah, it's a box the of chocolate. Excitement of dad bands. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, <laughs> oh. it's time to head on down the road. Way down the road because he's in Woodland Hills. It's time <laughs> to go visit Jeffy's jukebox. Jeffy, take it. Hi, everybody. This week, we're talking about a subject that is near and dear to me and most people who love to dance. And that's irresistible dance songs. Dance songs that, when they come on, you can't help but move your feet. Welcome to Jeffy's Jukebox. 
That was the best one uh, yet. I was going to say, did, were you yeah. practicing this all week, Jeffy? I think you prepared. That was really good. That was really good. Yeah. You know what? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I think after 37 episodes, he's finally he's like right. preparing for he's the show. It's not just winging it. <laughs> that makes one of us. All right, so Jimmy, <laughs> you want to start? You want to assign? Up to you. It's your jukebox. Yes, I would love to start. I, I, I would love to start. And and the best way to, to introduce this song is, is just to play it, really. Okay. So my friend Kevin, who's in charge of, uh, he's actually the administrator of the jukebox this week. Mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. going to launch us in to this incredible song. All right. In the order you sent it to me, correct? Yep. Yes, sir. What is love? Oh. Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. Drop it. God, it's so good. <laughs> Tell it's us. so good. This is Hadaway with What is Love from 1999. What's a Hadaway? About 165 pounds. It's like a it's like what's a Janeway? What? That's a Star Trek joke. Uh. But I don't know the punchline. <laughs> I, I was biting on the uh, Henway joke. I can't deny that that is super danceable. I also can't deny right? That I never knew who did that song till this moment. It's such a song that we've all known. I'm like, I never knew who the artist you know, was. That's an interesting thing about the whole. That's an interesting thing about the whole dance thing is that um, I think the world of dance might have more of the one or two hit wonders than just about any other right. genre. I think it's another genre where people may have a favorite song and have no idea who actually performs the song. They just There's know so, that a it's certain amount great. of anonymity. Yeah, anonymity. So Jeffy, you get up for that song. I saw him get up. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, it's a great song. I mean, Hell yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, and of course, there's the whole the SNL skit and the movie uh, Night at the Roxbury. I, that just came to me. Yeah. Um, but, and of course, that gives it its own sort of extra silliness. But still, yep. Yep. this song is compulsively danceable. You're absolutely right. Fight Fan- me. Can- <laughs> <laughs> no need. All right. Where, where to next? Where then, to Jeffy? next? Then we are going straight to Kevin Burke. Oh, okay. Well, I, I don't know if I told this story on on this podcast, but I may have. So I'll do a quick version. One night, I was very late at Astro Burger in West Hollywood. Mm. This came on. Someone played it on the um, tuna melt. Those little, uh, they have those little like um, jukeboxes at every table, and this came on, and everybody in the entire place, no matter if you worked there, if you were in line, if you were eating, rich, poor, socioeconomically. Nobody could deny it. Everyone was bopping to it. And it goes something like this. Yeah. They do it better than me. Yeah. That, of course, is another one bites the dust by Queen, which is a song I never thought about until that moment. And I was just looking around the room and I'm like, this, this has united all of us. This might be the secret to peace. 
You know what's interesting about that is that Secret Queen sauce. Yeah. Totally. Queen did not release a whole a whole lot of what you would call dance music to that point. Yeah. But, but they made this they, one where they got straight into our souls and our Pavlovian responses yeah. and owned us. Mm, yeah, they nailed it. Absolutely <laughs> nailed it. That was the one. Yeah. Yeah. That one's fantastic. Yeah, I, I can't not move to that either. So next up, Jeffy. Next up. All right, next up, we're going to Brian Frank. Brian Frank. Okay. Uh just just play mine, then I'll talk you about it. You can't. have got number it. one. Yes. To the bullet. That's fantastic. That, of course, yeah. is La Freak by Chic. Undeniable. Uh, so you have a backstory to this? a one-hit wonder at all. No. Um, that was their <laughs> third single and their first Billboard Hot 100 and R&B number one and their third disco number one. And uh, I'm a huge, <laughs> huge Nile Rodgers fan. He's an amazing yes, human being yeah. and an amazing Guitar player player. And producer and... Yeah, you can't beat that chicken scratch, baby. No, no. Yeah, it's, it's, no. it's as that good as it gets. Be beat. What year yeah. was that? Seventy-eight. Oh, funky. Oh, nice. Pinnacle. That's Pinnacle. that's not funky. That's funky. Yeah, it's funky. <laughs> it, that is pe- that is peak disco too. Well, this means we're bringing it back around here to to Adam Felber, Adam Mr. Felber. Adam Felber. I'll tell you this: Take I my history of dance is like just about every. Um, uh, straight American <laughs> white male, which is that we didn't do it <laughs> unless we were forced to. But you know what? I was always a big goofball, and in high school, I, find, I finally found that, like, you know what? I'm going to dance. I even danced in, like, middle school. Mm-hmm. and But it came to a head when I was, I think, a senior in high school when a movie came out that was, it featured uh, really just one band. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought he was going to say Footloose. Exactly. I would go see. I would go see this movie with my friends. I would say about oh, once right. a week for two months. <laughs> once a week a, for two months. Once I went a, about a this band. Movie. And this, this, uh, this movie, I'm intrigued. This movie featured, uh, as I said, one band. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to give it away. I want you to play it. Mm-hmm. Except there was one guest band that had two of the members of the original oh, band there. Okay, and so. Disorderly. Uh, now, my friends and I danced around the movie theater, <laughs> ran around the movie theater. It was it was a nonstop party every week, and this song just happens to be one of my favorites from that, and the most danceable. This is the Tom Tom Club. Of course, this is featured. They do a quick appearance in the movie Stop Making Sense, the Talking Heads movie. I'm just impressed that this film was playing in a movie theater for months on end on Long Island. I think it was because I was bringing a big pack of kids there every every Saturday night. You made it a cult hit. You know, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that theater used to play it late after the the first run movies because mm. because there were crowds it's of like kids a still coming to movie or whatever. yeah it's kind of a yeah. Rocky Horror kind of thing that yeah. is super danceable and yeah. again and everything I, on that a lot of things in that movie are danceable I just Life learned wartime I just learned that's by the Tom Tom Club yeah. I'm learning a lot of things here <laughs> you didn't, today. You didn't know, know that song I did, I know the song no idea you who didn't made know that it was song by Tom Tom no clue that is Tina Weymouth bassist and vocals and her husband still her Chris husband Franz. Chris Franz on the drums oh. um, I believe some of the percussionists from the Talking Heads also played. Uh, on that particular song, you know, when when 
David Byrne runs around the entire stage during life during wartime. Mm-hmm. We ran around the entire theater out into the lobby screaming and back in. That was just like a happening. That's, wow. Like, yeah. Wow. I did. I had no clue about that. So, you, so it while was I was like the happening. It yeah. was the happening. It was no, like the, happening. the happening's terrible. Oh no, you're talking no, about the it was movie. Nothing like the happening. Sorry. <laughs> Kevin and I were asleep because it was. <laughs> I was, asleep. I was the, trying to 11 stay up. p.m. I was trying to stay up and watch Saturday. Freddy's Nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're contractually <laughs> obligated to take a break here, but what do you say we come back and do another round? Yeah, of this? absolutely. Let's do this it. Is killer. Right, let's Dad Van Land's gonna keep dancing right after this. DBL. BRB. And we're back with DBL. DBL is in. I had a small and seizure during the break. Did you? How was that? Ah, petty mouth, fine. Uh-huh. No, I just, it's just, a, <laughs> a, these, I've never had a COVID shot that hasn't, you know, kind of oh, wrecked really? me a little bit. Yeah. I, they didn't affect me at all, making me think I got placebos for, for three Maybe shots. you should stop wow. getting them, Adam, if they hurt you. Uh, you know what? Thank you, my MAGA friend, but I think I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> Don't yeah, do that it. That last one knocked me out, the bivalent. The Bible yeah, yeah it knocked me out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I haven't, got it. I haven't got it yet. I'm waiting to, for, yeah. for traveling. But, I'm traveling for Thanksgiving yeah. to, to uh, New York City, which we're going to get to in just a minute. Oh, I'm excited. Don't uh, travel for Thanksgiving. Travel for yourself, Adam. No, I do it for the holiday. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to be the in that parade. Pro- doesn't care. I'm going to be Grover yeah. in the parade. So anyway, All right. let's uh, <laughs> the Sesame Street float. Let's, again. let's go and do another we, round of the jukebox. Again? Yes, we were having so much fun. We want to do it again. And I think we should just go straight back to Adam. Oh, wow. Straight back to Adam. Ooh. Wow. We yeah. have boomerang. Right. boomerang. Unprecedented. I, uh, I had, Unprecedented. I had two, two possible choices, but I feel like we touched on the 70s and disco, so I'm not going to do You Dropped a Bomb on Me by the Ooh, Gap Band. Oh, that's a good because one. I, I, so feel good, like, I feel like I want chic. you to drop a bomb on me. I'm going to drop yeah. something else on you just because I feel like we got to give all eras a chance, and this one is... Just, you know, maybe there he might have better dance songs than this one, but because of the video, everybody gets up to this one, and I can't not. All right, here Let's we go. do it. I think There's I know what this is. A little bit of doom for Jeffy in here, too. I know, that's not what I was thinking, but... Or you can go with that. Or you can go. Fat Boy Slim, weapon of choice. Uh, of course, the immortal video, which if you haven't seen it. Uh, Fat Boy Slim. You, ew, boy. See that? It's Christopher Walken dancing. And Christopher Walken is a hell of a dancer. It's yeah, a we talked about video. that in the video yeah. segment, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. I think it's Spike Jones yeah. directed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that, you know, if you want to have a little party on your own or with people, um, I can't remember the name of the collection, but the, the, the Fat Boy Slim's greatest hits kind of album that thing is fantastic. Interesting. Like the Rocker, Rockefeller Skank is on it, and uh, that that great song that he remixed from Corner Shop, that, that English mm, band. Brimful of Asha. Brimful of Asha, which yeah. has great history behind it, too. I highly recommend that album, and that is so danceable. That's awesome. Thank yes. you so much for that, Adam. You are welcome, Jeffy Brandon. All right, let's hit Kevin Burke. Oh, me. All right, so we are going to a time that surprisingly hasn't shown up here yet, really, which is the mid-'90s. And there is a song that I loved. I haven't heard it much since, which doesn't mean it's not being played at like some sporting event. Maybe played at places that I don't go to. But uh, 
This is one of my all-time favorite, most danceables, and here it goes. That, of course, is Come, in, Come On and Ride the Train by the Quad City DJs, uh, 96, a 96 classic. Fantastic. And often, oh my goodness. a song I couldn't get enough of, and then it seemed to disappear, and I think we that should bring was, it back. was uh, featured on the Space Jam soundtrack that I worked on when oh, really? I worked at Atlantic Records <laughs> in my first job, and I was like, that is going to be a hit. And <laughs> yes. guess what? I was right. You were right. You know what? I'm glad to hear that because I'll tell you something about millennials. They fucking love Space Jam. So that means yep. that this song is going to become, this song is going to become, as we play it at weddings, it's going to be yeah, played at all over and, and side note, and this has nothing to do with dance, but I side have facts. to talk about this. Uh, we created the first website that had legal streaming music samples oh, really? on it. And apparently it became a thing, the Space Jam website for internet people. And up? somewhere you can still see it, like it, it's been enshrined in some, some kind of whatever. Got, I, original know, Space I know Space Jam site. Yeah. Space Jam site exists. Yeah. yeah. Was yeah. that like an early implementation of Macromedia Flash? Yeah, no, we used uh, real audio, actually. Oh, is how I, we, uh, uh, yes, I used to muck about with that. real audio, yeah. 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 And that was a really big deal, and I had to get all kinds of clearances because people were like, you want to what? And yeah. put music where? And what's a website? The, <laughs> I know. It's, it, is so, it is so yeah. crazy now. But I remember at the time having real audio and being like, this will never take off. Yeah. <laughs> we'll never get it off the this internet. streaming yeah. audio yeah. thing. Yeah. No. This will Bullshit. never happen. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I've got to follow up on this one because my song is also my second song. It's also from 1996. Ooh. All right. So I'm just going to. Jump on this train, as it were. <laughs> and, I love uh, train. Again, I think you just need to play it. Yeah, Macarena by Los Del Rio. Sort of a, a guilty pleasure dance hybrid there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, for sure. It... it it could fit in both categories. Fantastic. That it, was so. That was one of those things like the electric slide. Because I remember going out to a bar and everyone could fucking do it, and I was like, "Where did I miss the memo?" I remember being at Shea Stadium with sixty thousand people doing that at once. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. remember being like, "What? What happened?" I was too busy listening to my crap music. No one else liked. And, I, and everyone <laughs> else about was the Macarena. And Macarena. I, I don't want to put down the music because the music is is fine by me, but the dance. You know, most trick most. Dances that catch on look good in some ways. The mm -hmm. Macarena was almost like you know playing patty cake. It was just something to memorize. It's not like it was a good looking dance. I, yeah. I, I, it wasn't even them. a good like if you had a handshake that was like involved parts of the Macarena. Yeah, it wouldn't be worth learning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can say that. I did. But this was a worldwide hit. So there's times where I'm I think the same thing. Like, how was this a hit? But yeah. it wasn't just a hit in in a small regional place. This was everywhere the Macarena took off. Yeah. This is madness. I'm not this saying tapped it's a into bad something thing. In, yeah. into our minds that we're not prepared to face. Uh, yeah, it's but madness he, or Sparta. 
Yes, <laughs> but I think what I, I think my point is is that it's it's not dance so much as as Jeffy said. It's a secret musical handshake that everybody learned. Yeah, except for okay. me. And I really, you want to feel left out? Go yeah. to a bar and everyone does the macaroni, and you don't know how to do the fucking macaroni. Oh, Kevin, so yeah. many. It was wounds. really lonely. So many, so many it was really tears. Really lonely time. <laughs> so many tears. Really traumatized. I'd rather, I'd rather know the electric slide. Still don't know that. Still to this day, embarrassed by not being in that group. The electric slide is too complicated. It has too many moves. Too many notes. Okay. I don't know either of them. Brian, take us home. <laughs> we, we gotta move uh, this ship. So I, I appreciate you guys changing genres and eras. And you know what? I like what I like. <laughs> you dance to what you dance and to? I dance, it's just what triggers something to me. Go ahead. Okay, let's, let's do this. Tr- this triggers Brian. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. The thing is, you're not wrong. That, of course, is uh, Brick House by the Commodores from 1977. So it's a year, year earlier. Yeah. But god damn. That is that is That's some all I have hot to say. Music. No, and, and part Talk of that is mighty, also, mighty. Yeah. part of it is the recording. You, you you have a sense that the real people in the room making this, which also makes it more danceable. It feels like a party. It feels yeah. like a party that you're invited yeah. to. I have a quick story about that song. Oh yeah? Where's this going? Uh, when I was in high school, um, every year uh the, the there was a show called Choreo, and it was exclusively uh, girls were in choreo, really. Boys could. There weren't any dancers at our, my school. Um, they would do it was self choreographed numbers done through the dance class, mm-hmm. and and it was a, this weird mix of like you know really serious dance students and musical theater uh, women and um, cheerleader girls and hot girls, and they all just kind of collaborated on all these numbers. One night, I think I was a junior in high school. Um, like three of the, uh, like uh, no, five of of the hot girls got out there and did Brick House, and it was essentially, it should have been illegal. I was I, I was literally looking to the back of the auditorium, going like, their parents are here, their parents are here. It was the best. And, it was <laughs> <laughs> and then you were like, hey girls, you want to come uh, see uh, see uh, stop making sense my, with me this weekend? Yeah. And, and they were like, yeah. How about no? That wasn't really my crowd, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you should come to the screening. We go yeah. every weekend. Yeah. Every weekend and so, dance to Life During Wartime. <laughs> Adam, same as it ever saying, was. <laughs> Adam, you're saying they didn't want to see your etchings? <laughs> they, I had so many etchings that went unseen as a junior in high school. Come to my basement and look at my player piano. <laughs> no, yeah. I want to I say you ladies Barry crushed it to Brickhouse, yeah. and Brickhouse is just so perfect for that. No, too. it is a great song. Yeah. All right, and that takes us out of Jeffy's jukebox. <laughs> <laughs> Straight Woo! Woo! Oh, Shot out God. of Jeffy's jukebox <laughs> yeah. like a cannon. We, we were definitely dismissed. We were, we were unceremoniously dismissed from Jeffy's jukebox. Yeah, wow. that'll, that'll happen. Some of the rules were violated. Yes. We'll <laughs> be invited back. Yes. And I'm the proprietor. So I'm going to invite myself back. I know. Let's just walk. Let's just walk on out. And and oh no, it's raining. Oh no, and we can't go uh, back we to the seek shack. Shelter immediately. Yes. No, the shack has rejected us. We have nowhere else to go. Just we're telling a story about brick house. I don't know why, but here here we are. Um, and uh, look, 
Look, there's that that guy whose house we lived in for a week last week. Oh yeah, the yeah. The red lights on. The red lights. That, <laughs> that got real weird. And then it we got a little weird. He didn't let us leave you, until we talked about an album. And I don't remember leaving. Do you? No. Everything just went dark, and now you we're can check out anytime you like. <laughs> guys, guys. Yeah. I, I hate to say it, we maybe never left. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Oh. On, on the count, on the count of three, try really hard to wake up. Okay. Okay. okay One, okay, right. two, three. How, is that? Oh, <laughs> we're we're strapped to chairs. How, how, how do we, we get strapped to chairs? Oh. oh, okay. This changes the whole week. Well, I, well, the good Where's news is the good news is Kevin, we'll be we'll be let back shoes? into Jeffy's jukebox next week because we weren't kicked out. That's right. We just, we just imagined it. we, <laughs> we just dreamed being kicked out of jukebox. I just want my shoes back. Um, uh, I'm sure they're here. They're under these catalytic converters. <laughs> sir, oh, this, there he this is. is. The ring, that sir, guy. Oh, sir, wait, let me. I let heard me, a voice. Sir, let me ask you a question. Where are we? Why are we tied to these chairs? Where are our shoes? But most importantly, what is this place? Oh, right. You told us last week. Oh. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you should have remembered that. Think we'd know where you know we what? are You know what? You know what? The being strapped to chairs thing kind of threw off my memory. That just kind yeah, of fucked yeah, shit up. Yeah. 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 That's just kind of weird. Traumatic. I mean, I, I it's, think it's weird. It's, I don't want to be a... I don't want to make it awkward, traumatic, but it's kind of weird. Kevin. It's is it? traumatic Is it? Okay. to be strapped to a chair. I thought it was Some just me. Some people just think it's no big deal. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not the weird one. Nah, I, I, no. I, I feel like I'm back at senior prom. Hey, um... <laughs> Hey, sir, what do you want to discuss with us today? Yeah, let's uh, do some discussing. You know, since we're hanging around, I figured <laughs> we'd take a walk on the wild side and just really make this a perfect day, even though you say that I'm so vicious. Yes. I feel like I'm so free. So, wow. um, yeah, we Nicely are, uh, of well course, done. talking well, about... Ethan or him and Jeffy really planned their shit. That was just week. off the cuff, by the way. I was looking oh, at man, the track listing. So good. Like, um, so we are talking, of course, about Lou Reed's well. uh, second solo album, Transformer, yes. which was originally released on November 8th, 1972, which makes it uh, 50 years old around the time of this recording. Happy uh, the version I listened to was uh, there was a box set that came out in 2016 of all the Lou Reed, RCA, and Arista uh, vinyl records called Volume 1, uh, which is awesome and recommended. Um, so Transformer, as I said, was his second solo album, released seven months after his solo debut. His solo debut had 10 songs on it. Eight of them were unreleased Velvet Underground songs. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Two were new songs, Going Down and Berlin. And then he re-recorded Berlin for his third album, Berlin. So you can see Lou was always maybe a perfectionist. Maybe he was not so prolific. We can discuss all these <laughs> ideas. Discuss Lou, but so yeah. the second album, Transformer, that we're talking about, there were 11 songs. Only four of them were old Velvet Underground songs. Uh, Andy's Chest was uh, first recorded by the band in 1969. Satellite of Love, 1970. Um, New York Telephone Conversation and Goodnight Ladies, the band had played live during their summer 1970 residency at Max's Kansas City. Um, so this album was recorded at Trident Studios in London in August of 72, so just three months before the release, produced by 
David Bowie and Mick Ronson. Yeah. Uh, David Bowie also provided backing vocals, uh, most notably at the end of Satellite of Love, at least to me. Mm -hmm. That's like one of the highlights. Played keyboards, played acoustic guitar and wagon wheel and walk on the wild side. Mick Ronson is the unsung hero of this record. He played lead guitar, piano, recorder, and he did all the string arrangements. And his contribution has now become really well-known, and I think he was an important figure in this. Both um, David Bowie and Mick were huge Velvet Underground fans. Uh, and if you're as much of a Bowie fanatic as Kevin or I, you would know that he regularly covered White Light, White Heat, Waiting for the Man. Uh, if you have that Bowie at the B record box set, which I do, you can get some of those covers on there. Um, and he even um, recorded White Light, White Heat for pinups, but mm. he never finished that. Uh, recording, and then Ronson ended up using the backing track for that for Ronson's record uh, the following year in 74, Play Don't Worry. Just, he does White Light, White Heat. just solved a mystery of my life. Wow. I've Because I've had Play Don't Worry, that whole yeah. song sounds like a pinup left over. Never put the two together. Isn't that incredible? That's fucking amazing. This... I've been enlightened. Anyhow, continue. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're welcome. Okay? I just, now stay is, strapped into that mind. chair, goddammit. <laughs> my, my mind has been blown. your trap. <laughs> There's a method to the madness. Um, so th this album peaked at number 13 in the UK, number 29 in the US of A, propelled by Walk on the Wild Side, which probably most people know, which hit number 10 in the UK, number 16 in the US, and Satellite of Love, which hit number 10 in the UK. Um, some of the musicians on this record, Herbie Flowers, bass player, played the double bass on Walk on the Wild Side. Thank God that that exists. Yeah. And also, <laughs> uh, for Kevin and me, Herbie Flowers was in the final lineup of T-Rex. Oh, wow. I don't know if you knew that. I don't know if I knew that. Um, and people who are listening to this might go, Brian, why do you keep talking about Herbie Flowers? Who cares? Well, I'll tell you why. <laughs> He played on Elton John's Tumbleweed Connection and Madman Across the Water. He played on David Bowie's Space Oddity and Diamond Dogs. He played on Melanie Candles in the Rain, Ray Harper, David Essex, Al Cooper, Brian Ferry, Harry Nilsson, Cat Stevens, Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, George Harrison. Wow. He's a pretty good bass player. Yeah, he's been, he's and wasn't he also like a jazz bass player, or, is it, or am I confusing him with somebody else? Um, Maybe you... Uh, I don't know. An Englishman Maybe. noted. He's an Englishman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, some of the other um, people who performed on this record included Trevor Boulder from the Spiders from Mars, who actually just played trumpet on this record. <laughs> um, and John Halsey played drums, and some of us weirdos might know him. He was, of course, Barrington Womble or Barry Wom of the Ruddles. Oh. All you need is cash. Oh, that's hilarious. That's, that, I, love, that drummer, I love the, right? that, that doc. Um, and um, another, so going to the jazz thing, and, and I have so much to talk about, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop the wax facts, but you mentioned jazz players. Uh, Ronnie Ross, who plays sax on this record, the way he ended up on this record is he was David Bowie's saxophone teacher. When David Bowie oh, wow. was a child, wow. he also played. Also, Boots Randolph was unavailable. Yeah, <laughs> he also played sax on Savoy Truffle on the Beatles' White oh, Album. Oh, that's a great line. Oh. He uh, performed at the Newport Jazz Festival in '58. He was in a band called the Jazz Makers and toured the U.S. in the '50s. He also toured with the Modern Jazz Quartet. 
Um, he played with all kinds of famous people. Uh, there's so much more that I could talk about with all of the people who played on this record. We should put it in our Patreon because I'll shut up. Except for Klaus Vorman, we have to mention as well. If you don't know who that is, look him up. Long list. Okay. <sighs> Those, are Those are the wax facts. Those are the wax facts. Here's here's wax what I this is what I want to close my portion on to open it up to the room. Okay. As you mentioned, you know the hits, right, of this record. And I think what's important about this record and what I really considered when I listened to it, because like Kevin, this is a classic to me. I've listened to this over my entire life many times. But what came to me in listening to this and thinking about you guys hearing it possibly for the first time was the impact of these songs in the intervening 50 years, right? Mm -hmm. Satellite mm -hmm. of Love, I think about you two um, interpolating that at Live Aid. Morrissey did a cover of that uh, and put it out uh, as a tribute when Lou Reed died. Perfect Day and Train Spotting and an AT and T ad and a PlayStation ad <laughs> and all kinds of TV shows and movies, right? Like that's to me what is telling about this Lou Reed record, about some David Bowie records that over time they actually become either more appreciated or maybe you guys tell me what you think. Maybe they were so far ahead of their time that it took the world time to catch up with what it is and right. to, to be more um, mainstream. Um, yeah, uh, well, Kevin, why don't why don't you go? Because yeah, I, well, I think I'll, I'll, I think we need to establish the old school adoration for this, and before we find out yes. what what our perspective. Yeah, are. I mean, I definitely I, agree. I got into it being a Bowie fan. Bowie's what led me into it. I always liked Velvet Underground. I always liked Lou Reed, but this one is my favorite, mostly because it has Mick Ronson, Bowie Foundation. Like I, this is kind of one of my favorite forms of rock music, which is. Something that uses all the tropes and elements that we know from rock, mm -hmm. but makes it all fucking weird. Yeah, do you know what I mean? We're yeah. like, I know this sounds like rock, but this is fucking weird. You know, it's like, and that, and that's what this album does. Like when my two favorites are, for instance, "Satellite of Love" and "Andy's Chest," which seem weird when Lou Reed is singing, and then David Bowie comes in and starts harmonizing and adding these elements that are pretty traditional to give him this bed to be weirder on. So yeah. I. I loved this album because it had that exact kind of guitar rock, but also just general experimental quirkiness without becoming 18-minute prog rock songs. No, right? it, it, kept it, it stays interest. approachable the whole time. It stays approachable. It's unpredictable. Also, I didn't, you know, I had not. Been, I had this before I had moved to New York. It was spelling out a version of that city. <clears throat> that I didn't know was real or not, but I could totally picture. I was absolutely... It, it absolutely is, it is that more than the me. album, even New York, perhaps. The great Lou Reed later career album, New York. This is a New York album. I don't care if yeah. it's recorded in London. It's about New York. It's about New York people. References are thick in the ground. And so I would love to hear what you guys thought for the first listen, but one other thing I do think is worth mentioning is when David Bowie got famous, which is really just within, the pre within this year, yeah. you know, on his fifth record, right? He immediately brought up all his heroes with him because in the same year he did this record and sort of saved uh, Lou Reed's career. Did Iggy Pop, Rob Power, did Mata Hoople. Like he brought immediately brought his friends with him or at least his inspirations to try to give them a chance to stay in the business. And I'm not sure Lou Reed stays in the business in the capacity he would have if it wasn't for this record. Well, and then he comes out with Berlin, which to me is a magnificent album, but a complete just drive the car yeah. off the fucking cliff <laughs> after Transformers. Berlin is is is. <laughs> challenging yeah here's a musical about two junkies living in an apartment <laughs> right. in berlin enjoy yeah take it but yeah this one's like a friend like every one yeah. of these songs is like 
our friends. And it's a low, there's a lo-fi quality to it that I like as well, the production that feels really great. Wow. That's thank you. Yeah, those are, yeah. Those are the fun who facts. Should, who's now who's now we're gonna crash and burn. Yeah, Adam, I think Adam, you should probably go first. Okay, um, I was not that from. I was way more familiar with Lou Reed the person than I was with this album because I never listened to this album mm-hmm. because I was familiar with Lou Reed the person. And for me, this list, putting this on was difficult because there's the eternal question of how far do you have to separate how how shitty a person. Can somebody be and you can still like their music? And Lou Reed is right on that line for me. And that started when I was a kid. When I was a kid reading Rolling Stone at the age of like 11, you know, I read some stuff that he was saying about my beloved Beatles in Rolling Stone. And I was like, that's like the shittiest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) And he he said they're crap. He said said they're not a rock and roll band. And, And, you know... For my entire life, somebody calling somebody else not rock and roll, mm-hmm. especially if that person is white, it just lights up all my angers. Right. Uh, because so you had, you <clears throat> you you were familiar with him. It was you hated him before you yes. heard word. And and so I said, I'm never going to listen to him or the Velvet Underground. Get to oh, college. Wow. Start Old listening to the Velvet Underground yeah. in college, and I fucking love them. Right. Like that that first, the, the the Velvet Underground with Nico album is uh, it's like mm-hmm. in my pantheon. And I had to accept that like as bad a guy as he is. That's great. That's just some of the best music I ever heard. Some of the most forward-looking music I, I ever heard. I thought you were going to tell a story about you were delivering newspapers to his lawn on Long Island. And he, <laughs> well, I'll you know. get to the Long Island connection in just a minute. <laughs> um, so, and and then his album New York, of course, was really great and really gut-wrenching. But, you know, I just kind of made the decision that the stuff that I'd heard off of Transformer wasn't so great that I need a guy in my life who I'd by then read a lot more about. I don't need a dude who punches people in the face, and I don't need a dude who punches women in the head repeatedly and writes songs about it and then denies it. Like, the shit that he did in his life, and his biographer, one of his biographers, who was a fan when she started writing the biography, by the end said he's a monster and said that, like, the word that everybody said about him from every walk of his life that came up all the time was prick. And what made it worse for me was that he, like me, grew up Jewish on Long Island in the suburbs. And so, like, you always feel a little bit more, uh, I don't know, anger at somebody who's kind of like you, who works out to be such a, you know, such a just disreputable human being. That said, I love this album, having listened to it. You know what's interesting? I love Lou Reed, the musician. I've got all the records. I have his lyric book uh, autographed to me. I met him. I know nothing about him as a human being. I was going to add to that. I Everything it, you're yeah, telling me right now is, is, is a revelation to me. When, when, when he would write too. lyrics, yeah. and there were some yeah. on this album about like that involves sort of violent acts against women, he would always, when people would ask him, he would be like, I'm playing a character. And then this biography comes out, and there's all these instances where he was hitting people. Well, and I will add, I mean, I'll add to that, because I, I love this record, New York I like, and, and I like the Velvet Underground. But I've actively avoided learning more about him. Because yeah, and he, that's why, because he, he, he can sense seems, it. He mostly because he seems it. abrasive, not because he seemed, not because I knew any details Well, he was that, it. too. He, he was that. Abrasive, you got to listen I, to Blue Mask. It's a good I, record. I, you know, I do yeah. Blue Mask, okay. actually. Yes, and but, I, um, I met him I, at a restaurant. You. I don't know anything was, about him. Yeah, he was completely reasonable. I don't know. But, yeah, well, and, yeah. But like, you're blowing my mind right Honestly, you're blowing my mind right now. I'm, I'm, I'm questioning everything. Well, I'm, it is the difference, because what what everyone's going to have a personal take on this. I'll never, obviously, meet the guy. I don't know it. I do remember some very sort of miserable winters where this record was something that was getting me through yeah. a miserable drive. Well, the sound and that's, is beautiful. And that's what I will remember. I'll say this. The sound is beautiful. It sounds like um, 
it sounds like a Bowie album. And uh-huh. and he's great. I, I, I love New York Telephone Conversation because it is exactly that. Um, Vicious right. and Andy's Chest are both great. I mean, the album start, starts off so strong. And although I do think it kind of like fades a little bit at the end. And I really could have done without Good Night Ladies. Um, <laughs> you like that could have little... done without Good Night Ladies and Makeup, frankly. Mm. Yeah, makeup. Hey, I don't know. I don't know that I needed makeup either. Um, but you know, the album is great, and he's he's terrific. Uh, he, sometimes he does this thing that he also did with the Velvets, where I, he'll just do a stupid lyric because he thinks it's funny to have a right. childish approach to things. And uh, I, you know, I kind of resent that because I'm like, you're writing a great song here. We don't need to hear about. You need to hear another nose and toes rhyme that you're not really thinking through all the yeah, way. My problem. My problem. Okay, so let me jump in here as Please. the person who. Please. You know, had very little exposure, Mr. Reed, <laughs> other than Walk on the Wild Side and, and some obvious low-hanging fruit. I found this, uh, I enjoyed some of it, and I saw. I thought some of the lyrics were, frankly, cringeworthy. Uh, makeup just made me mad. Um, <laughs> I just thought it was really just like, you know, a product of its time, but condescending and misogynistic and um my overall impression of this was you know what my mom played walk on the wild side when i was a kid and it was the first song that i'd heard by a white man where he specifically talked about his backup singers right and who were white by the way oh were they Yep, I looked it I up this week. I, I, I didn't know that either. <laughs> so he talks about the colored girls, and, you know, for me, like, that was a moment of recognition. Yep. Uh, and and to hear to hear what you're just saying is, is heartbreaking to me, but that one word in that song is something that really kind of had a profound effect on me as a child, just being acknowledged and so Mm -hmm. i take that with me but this is not my speed in terms of this is not the kind of thing that i love even though i do i do like bowie and i i like some of the music around this time this is really not my speed and so honestly when i got to makeup i kind of like it was a slap in the face and i was i wasn't done but i was kind of like okay this is just not for me Interesting. And, you now, know, I want to say when we're giving him credit, and also I might be unduly influenced by just a you know a few dozen articles written about you know quoting, <laughs> quoting his biographer. Um, I think the biography came out in like 2014 or 2013. I just remember reading about it at that time, and I I looked at it again this week. Um, so maybe he was a better guy than I knew. But he did, in addition to making um, uh, the colored girls sing visible, he did a ton for making. Uh, gay and trans people visible. Oh, very much. They're, that they're, was a big that's part of huge. His... You can't. I mean, it's part yeah. of because it, it was they were part of his life, right? But it was I huge. Did not know that. Well, he's also a guy. I mean, the few things I do know is he was a guy that his parents gave him set him up for shock therapy because they were afraid he was going to be gay. Yeah. And well, so a, they denied that. They denied that. Um, oh, that that, well, that was, had anything that. to do with it. No, but, but, oh, but, but they did. Which was who denied? The, his parents denied that the shock therapy had anything to do with with their fears about but him. They so they him. But they gave him. But they gave him. No, they gave him shock therapy. Yes, the shock therapy was for a different okay. purpose. Well, according okay. to his parents. Well, regardless of the reason, he got shock sister. therapy as a teenager. Yeah. There's, there are. It's a. It, he, there's. 
it's a he's a very messed up individual, regardless yes. of how he, he ends clearly up, had a sure. lot of a lot of things going on. A lot of guy. things, and I yeah. will I will add as much as I do enjoy this album and a lot of his albums. There are times, there are certain songs where I actually feel like he's brought all this together. He might be the worst part of the song. Well, and that's what I wanted to say too. Is <laughs> yeah. like you think yeah. about this, like you think about yeah, this, you listen to it objectively, like yeah. and you're like. All right, the lyrics, mm, is he really singing? He's kind of like talking. He sort of talks his way through stuff. Is there anybody else who could pull this off? Nah. I don't think anyone else. It's like his attitude. It's, it's you know, what he brings to it. But when you analyze it, it's just what you're right. saying. Is this the worst thing I've ever heard or do I love it? <laughs> well, yeah, and, that's such a good point. Right? And so well I, I feel that way. I feel that way at times about. Iggy Pop, solo Iggy Pop, because mm-hmm. when he's singing over in the on the Idiot or even Lust for Life, it's similar. Yeah. Where you're just kind of like, I, I love that David Bowie loves these people. Yeah, and you're giving them a shot, and they have the right attitude, and they're selling this. Yeah, but they're the worst part of the song. It's like, um, <laughs> it's like that band. Are you guys familiar with Suicide? Yeah, oh yeah, of Suicide? course. Yeah, yeah. No. Ghost Rider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check it out. You might be interested in it, Jeffy. It's, it's pretty intense. It's two dudes synth. with mm-hmm. synth. That's the whole band. And you listen that. to it, yeah, and you listen to it, and people, they're, like, really, like, the most artistic people that you could ever meet. They're like, this is the greatest band in the world. And you listen to it, and you're like, is this the worst thing I've ever heard in my life? <laughs> yeah. Or is this really cool? Yeah. You know, like, are they so cutting edge? And that's the thing that I think that Lou Reed does, and I think that David Bowie you know, the way he co-ops certain culture, yeah, right? Absolutely. Like you're saying, these people were like heroes or influences to him, and I think he really appreciated and liked what they did because it, it is a weird foreign New York thing to him. To him, Lou yes. Reed, right? Absolutely. But again, and that's the Andy is it Warhol great? Culture. Right, it's right. All, it's all tied into the Yeah, it's the just same like thing. Andy Warhol. Like, yeah. is this great art or is this absolute dreck? And, and New yeah. York is exactly the right scene for that yeah. because I lived, you know, on Long Island in the 70s <laughs> My parents would take me into New York all the time. I was familiar with the city as a kid that they were familiar with as adults that was a dying city. Mm-hmm. Like, if you see Summer of Sam, 1977, right. that was as New York was starting to, you know, really hit the pinnacle of its shittiness, which it held on to for about 15 years before it transformed into the New York that we think of today. And, yeah, yeah that's, these, that, these were strange people partying in the ruins. That yeah. was because of this album. The first time I made it to New York, which was 97 or something, I... I you, just, you, you took a bus? I didn't take I didn't, your legs? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but when I, when I, this is all I could picture. I'm like, every street's going to be this. It's, it's going to be some mix of the, the movie. The Dirty Boulevard? It's going to be some mix of the movie Basket Case meets, uh, yeah. meets this album. And that was going to be what it is. Yeah. And it and it wasn't, by the way, 97. But, no, it but, had completely transformed over but, the course of the but 90s. But this album had painted such a detailed picture. And to your point, Jeffy, pro and con. Like, there are songs that make me very uncomfortable. You know, that was kind of mm-hmm. like, but I was, when you're young, you're like, maybe this is what it's like yeah. in adulthood. Yeah. Shit, what a fucked up place. But I got to be less naive, you know, and face it. And, uh, and, and I think to your point, saying earlier, that's what this album still does is it paints a picture of a time. And some of these songs, like Perfect Day, they often are done better as covers. Yeah. They're often done yeah. better. There's there's the structure of a song there, but but if someone whose voice is stronger takes right. it. But it makes I it their love, own. I mean, <laughs> excuse me. I love, and that's the ironic part about Lou Reed, is you have that beautiful song and those simplistic but beautiful lyrics and mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. emotional lyrics. And it's like somebody's grandpa talking a poem. 
right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like, and, and it's interesting. But I love it. You can't tell if he's being sincere or just so yeah. painfully ironic that it's yes. almost sincere again yes. on that song. That's it's absolutely such a it. Bizarre, bizarre. I think he way. was a complicated, conflicted guy. Yeah. You know, he had complicated, conflicted uh, sexuality. He had contemplated, conflict, uh, complicated, complicated, conflicted, conflicted upbringing, rebellion, you know, went to work as an accountant or whatever it was. You know, he had all these different things that, that he went through. And just so you're saying, I don't know if he's sincere or just taking the piss out of the whole world. Right. It's like um, uh, metal machine music. Yeah. Is that just the biggest prank in the world? He <laughs> yeah. says no. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And he's referring to the record he made that's just two full discs of feedback that he released and recorded that, that was like Lester Banks' favorite rock record mm -hmm. and is unlistenable. It's a double album of feedback. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's worth saying that, and not in terms of how abusive he was physically, but it was a different time in terms of things that you said, and he clearly was a guy who liked saying things to be provocative. Yes. That's so. what I was going to say, too. He's almost like what is like the edgelord thing now, right? Yeah. One of those, like one of those trolls where he was saying these things, and he never stopped saying things to piss people off. Right. Even until the day he died. So absolutely, like made a great album, would never want to have dinner with this person right this is not <laughs> another thing i read this week because i kind of i kind of went down the whole the rabbit hole is like i don't want to i don't want to say this guy's a bad guy if i'm just like remembering it wrong right but uh, interestingly sometime late in his life he called the beatles garbage again it was that what's interesting is that's the biggest trigger to you no no no, no, no. <laughs> this is funny sometime later in his life he called the beatles garbage again and and i think it was ringo Starr who said Oh well, well we're not for everyone, but I like him. His music is great. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Well, that's, and, that's and that, yeah. yeah, yes. And with that, do we want to drop any needles on this? I was going to say New York, New York telephone conversation because it's so bizarre, and we've referenced yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, do that. Everyone knows he's playing a character yeah. that has an even thicker New York accent than yeah. him. He sounds like my grandma. This is this is what I thought New York was going to be when I when I went. I was sleeping, gently napping when I heard the phone. Who is on the other end talking? Am I even home? Did you see what she did to him? Did you hear what they said? Just a New York conversation rattling in my head. Oh my, and what shall we wear? And they're in the studio. Make it like that's yeah. the best part when listening to this stuff is you think about like the work that went into recording totally. this. You know, if you've ever been in a recording studio or seen, you know, yeah. what that's like, and especially back then when you're recording on tape and like the it's microphones. It's expensive and, and it's yeah. hard. No, and yeah. th that's why I was saying this is kind of sometimes my favorite genre of rock where it feels like rock, but it's just fucking weird. And there's so, so many songs, especially in the Bowie era here, where it's like, why did you think someone was going to release that? Like, why did you think someone should hear this music? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I find that fascinating. I, you know, I find yeah. that so compelling. I mean, you know, ultimately, I know that you guys are both a big thumbs up for this album. I'm, I'm a tentative thumbs up. I think the music is great. I think if you haven't heard it, it's good to hear. If, uh, to me, if you're a fan of the Velvet Underground, this doesn't. It's better produced, yes. but it doesn't. It doesn't top the Velvet Underground in any other way than that to me. Uh, but yeah, I liked it. Don't like the guy, like the album. Jeffy. <laughs> Jeffy's thumbs, putting his thumbs down. Thumbs down. I'm, I'm giving it a thumbs down. Yeah, I like Walk on the Wild Side, and it has a, has a quality that uh, it's kind of nostalgic for me, for the reason yeah. I mentioned mm -hmm. earlier. Very powerful. 
Of course, 50 years later, it's completely undermined by the fact that there were not colored girl singers. I'm going to have to look that up. I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. I'm pretty sure you're right, too. But what we should needle drop. They were a band called Thunder Thighs. Thunder Thighs. What we should needle drop is Can I Kick It by Tribe Called Quest. That's what we need to go out with. Why is that? Yes. Oh, I know why. Yes, do it. Oh my God! Yes, and this is my point about over time. Yeah, and and this right? will make everything better, and we need yes, to make everything better. We do as we sign we off from. Can I kick and it? And I'll, I'll let you guys out of your chairs. Having a ball, and you know they asked me get on the mic, and they asked me, can I kick it? Can I kick it? Ah, uh, here we go. Saved us. Oh. A little faster than the Lou Reed version, isn't it? Just a hair. And now we have something else happening. And I like how they make the record sound old, you know. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. can I kick it? Yes, you can. can I kick it? Yes, you can. can I kick it? Ryan, you just made everything better. That was perfect. And Dad Band Land will be back with some guilty pleasures, and they are pleasures, right after this. Dad Band Land! DBL! 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 Oh, DBL! I remember. Episode number 37, I believe. We're having a great time. You know, I want to let everybody in on a little thing. You know when you're going through a giant set of crises in your life and, like, everything is is falling apart, that it somehow becomes funny? Yeah. Well, yeah, during yeah. the break, <laughs> you I had me until the end there. During, yeah. during no, no, yeah, in, in, in terrible <laughs> times, in terrible times, you start laughing. Eventually, you're like, this sure. Just when you go, worse. when you lose your mind, no. When you go insane, no. when you need, when you need no. help, no. I think, I think our listeners will back me is up it, on is that. Is this one. a cry for help, Adam? No, no, no. I'm, I just want, I set that up in a way of saying like, so I told what felt like a breezy story to these three over the break. <laughs> a breezy in, story. Breezy, wow. In retrospect, is really grisly, and it kind of freaked that, them out. Yeah. We are we are very uneasy now from from what he considers breezy. It turned out now that I look at it objectively, it's we, worse than anything that's ever we, happened in the House yeah, of Wax. More grisly, less breezy. So I want to apologize yeah, for freaking you out. We that's won't the vaccine discuss the talking. details, but that Easy was not breezy. Grizzly cover girl. Yeah, I don't. You need to look up the word breezy, for fuck's sake. Yeah. I apologize. I think he confused it with grizzly. <laughs> I think yeah. Oh, yeah. What a grizzly day. <laughs> right. I, don't mean, I don't mean grizzly. But let's take our minds off those affairs and uh-huh. put our minds on our guilty <laughs> pleasures. Thanks, Adam. That's right. It's guilty pleasures time, everybody. <laughs> All right. We do like this. This won't be as miserable. What uh, We have got four guilty pleasures. Right. And I have picked the sequence. We're going to do these. Okay. And we're going to start, because you've been such a great storyteller on the break here. (laughs) (laughs) As punishment. As punishment, we're starting with you. (laughs) There's a context in which this is a very funny story. (laughs) I know know how your context is when it becomes funny. A bunch of terrible things happened, then the song became funny. Yeah, okay. Here we go. Um, let me tell you the story of my guilty pleasure because there's nothing there's nothing 
this is exactly the kind of thing you this were talking totally about earlier. This is totally breezy. This is, this is just breezy. This is really breezy. This is me in I'm like the late 70s. I'm so nervous. Delivered, delivering penny savers, as I've said before, on uh, a Saturday morning. Lou Reed comes out of his front door. <laughs> Lou Reed hits me and calls me uh, Jew boy. Um, no. Um, no, I'm just delivering penny savers. And what I do all the time is I've got this FM radio on, on the top rack of this stolen shopping cart I use. And I'm playing American Top 40 all the time. And this uh-huh. song is one that be, you know was a hit on that. I was aware disco was starting to become a little less cool. And I was aware this song wasn't cool. Years later... It became cool again when Quentin Tarantino used it in Kill Bill. The, the thing about this song is that I didn't know at the time when I was 10, but there were like three other versions of this that were totally legit that everybody loved, and this was considered sort of a, you know, a disco cover of a song that like the Animals had recorded and Nina Simone had recorded. But here is Santa Esmeralda with Please Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood. Let's just play the intro because it's so interesting, and then... You know, for like 10 seconds of that, and then skip to midway through so we can hear the song itself. That was the intro. We're going to move into the song. Get to the refrain. We'll have to trim this down. <laughs> so good. I have never heard this. I know a, the original, or you know, yeah, I know the yeah. animals, and all I that. never know heard this. A disco version. I'm pretty sure that was a pretty big hit because I was wow. hearing it on my FM radio a lot, and I loved it. I never heard of that. Yeah, I mean, I know the song, but I didn't know there was a disco yeah. hit. Yeah, no, no, there, there was. Wow. Wow. There's my guilty pleasure. Uh, you He's just throwing good- truth well bombs all night, man. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so we're getting we're getting you get it right all night. We're moving over here. To uh, Brian Frank, okay. pulling out what he considers to be a non-guilty pleasure, and you know what? I, I know what it is, so I happen to agree with you. Well, yeah, we we, so. we said at the beginning that Brian, at the very beginning of this podcast, at, at the outset, that Brian isn't really guilty about any of this. I love all kinds of music. Right. Um, so this this song uh, hit number one. And speaking of disco and thinking about. My Commodore's song and my Chic song. This is around the same era. This came out in January '79. Was the f- one of the few non-disco number ones of the era. It also won Grammys for Song of the Year and Record of the Year. And it was co-written by two guys, and they both released their own versions of this song. But we are going to listen to the more well-known one, the one that won the Grammys. And lastly, I will say, apparently in 2003, Michael Jackson claimed on a phone conversation with Elizabeth Taylor that he contributed at least one backing track, vocal track, to this recording, but never got credit for it. It was a joke. 
This was Michael Jackson's version of a joke that he claimed he sang back up on He did song. not have a sense of humor in, in the way that people think of human sense but of humor. But just think about this. He called Elizabeth Taylor, uh-huh. videotaped himself calling Elizabeth Taylor, yeah. said, you know, I sang a backing vocal on this song, and I never got proper credit. That also, was his joke. Also, 25 years after this was a hit. 25 years later, just decided, <laughs> like, hey, Liz, really remember that timely. song from 1979? Yeah. Oh, by the way. <laughs> he even workshopping that for 25 years. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. I don't know what this is going to be. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Boys, raise your hand if you share this guilty pleasure. <laughs> That is what a fool believes. Co-written by Michael McDonald and Kenny Loggins. Yeah. Uh, the Doobie Brothers released their version in January '79, and Kenny Loggins released his version in July '78. I didn't know until this moment that there was a Kenny Loggins version. Of I this. think we need to needle drop it right I, now. There is a Kenny Loggins version. Yeah, it came out what? before the Doobie How Brothers. How do you version. sing that as not yeah, Michael McDonald? You're about to find out. You're about oh to find out. Oh my God, that's like <laughs> uncoverable, and it was pre-covered. Pre-covered. Oh, wait, no, that's live. Awesome. I don't want that's that poor awesome. shit. That sounds uh, look like up, um, Nightwatch. Look up the album. Yeah, no, don't do the live version. There you go. This is what it's like to live in my head. All right, I hate this. <laughs> I also... <laughs> Not only do I hate it, I, I love that... The- <laughs> <laughs> on the on the Apple Music app art that has the compact disc logo, because they just took the, they just scanned the actual cover of the CD with the lo- with a disc logo. Oh my god! <laughs> That's the even, record label that submits. Hey Brian, the, do you like <laughs> this song? Yeah, I do. I do, and, and I like this album. You should have brought this one. This is this is this shit is a guilty pleasure. This sounds like a nightmare where you're like, I know, I think I know this. Is this something I know? Yeah, it, it, it sounds like I've been somehow transported to Earth 2, <laughs> where this is the version of exactly. that song. Yeah. Red Superman is singing it. And there's no such it. thing as Michael yeah. McDonald in that universe. No. <laughs> All right, turn it off. Turn it off. Yeah, wow. Turn it off. Wow. Uh, double enlightenment tonight. I just learned two massive things. This has been quite an evening for all of us, hasn't uh, it? Really has. Let's keep going. Let's keep rolling. We have, really, we have rolling. grown as people. Um, so my hit comes from, this is the winter of 94 to 95. My memory of this winter was that it was dark 24 hours a day in Pennsylvania. So I was probably just like, Maybe listening to the Transformer, trying to remind myself that life is worth living, and this was on the radio like all the fuck. Oh, not not that. Certainly not that. Um, <laughs> this is on the radio all the time, and it goes a little something like this. Come the and stay for I'm 
Why would this be guilty? This is so good. What? What? Where's the guilt? I'm feeling zero <laughs> guilt here. Yeah. You know what? I'm not either. It's just since it's, since it's, he we'll let it play to feel it. <laughs> it's so good. That of course is Ani Kamosi's "Here Come the Hot Stepper," which is so fucking good. The Here only the reason hot the only reason why I feel any sort of guilt is that. It's his only song. It was one song that came out. We were so massively into it. Then I think as a society, we turned our backs on it. And Andy isn't that Kamozi. na 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 thing taken from another song? Is that like Land of a Thousand Dances that, or something? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Sure. But it's, it, but it's in Here Come the Hot Stepper. Here Come the Hot Stepper. I mean, I mean, I played what the song is. So is there something stepper. you don't understand <laughs> yeah. about that? It's no. the it's the opening that Here Comes the Hot Stepper. Yeah, yeah. It's what? also from a song from years before. Yeah. That. Yeah, I, yeah. I think we need to do a Where Are They Now? Of Ine Kamosi. Yeah. Like, I, you know what? What's the story? I, what is the story? But but the song please you may tell have. Us. A song you may have forgotten about is that. Yeah, it's, it's time good. to revisit. Yeah, the hot stepper. That was that's fantastic. And now I like that song. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> We're gonna wrap this up with our good buddy Jeffy Brannion, who has a song. Okay. That I'm yeah. So, up. so this song, uh, it's actually <coughs> a uh, originated as a campfire song. Um. You know, camp counselors create songs, chants, perhaps, uh, to get, you know, the campers to sing along. Um, <clears throat> so this particular version of the song um, was uploaded to YouTube in November of 1915, uh, sorry, 1915. <laughs> yes, yeah, so YouTube was a, was a wax cylinder. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what they called it. They were singing into what a it, megaphone. Gather around, yeah. children. Yes. And it Gather would take a, liter, it took literally a hundred years <laughs> to upload. <laughs> that was some slow, so slow modems back what in they 1915. started in November of 1915 was completed in November of 2015. <laughs> You know, you can sort out these facts later. <laughs> but this is a song everybody, literally, all, almost everybody in the world is familiar with this song. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Kevin. Didn't you do this to us already? Did I? Yeah, we've sharked. But it wasn't I a guilty pleasure. Take it. What, it wasn't a guilty like pleasure. It. What was it? Why did we talk about this? I think that's the new uh, Rick Rolling. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's exactly uh, right. If it that's came up, the new Rick Roll. And we've done enough of these that it does get a little blurry. But if it came up, it came up in earworms. Oh, oh exactly. here we go. Okay, yeah, okay. It, it was an but earworm. It was it not a guilty, guilty pleasure. pleasure. And, okay. and you know what? Songs can be two things, guys. True. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. can be have like for instance that, that could be a song definition. that gets stuck stuck in your head and you hate as an earworm, or it could be a song that you feel guilty about because it gets stuck in people's head and they hate it. You mean not or? Well, no, no, no. And, I feel and. guilty about this song <laughs> because it gets stuck in my head, and I love it. Wow, I love it. Party I love one. listening to this song. <laughs> it's so upbeat. 
It's so positive. Oh it's, no, it is. Li- no, it, I find it, it life be. affirming. It should be a form of therapy. Like they should just give this. Like take one dose of Baby Shark every morning, and your 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 mood would change. Your anxiety would go morning. away. Yes, that, my mood would not change in a positive direction. Well, I didn't say it would work for everybody. Yeah, side right. effects. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> may side effects anyway. You're a terrible person. I'm, I'm dealing with so many side effects. Let me tell you another funny story right now. Yeah, guys. how many hilarious stories do you have for us, Adam? <laughs> I found this dead cat. You see? <laughs> All right. Hey, we got and Kyle. I roasted it. <laughs> we got accidentally under my oven. We got Kyle here. Kyle, talk to us. Yes, All right, Kyle. Guys. What do we got? So uh, the. Is it's time for the hot? crown of shame. Is that too hot? That's good. No, no, no we're good. good. We're good. So we're good. the crown of shame this week goes to Brian Frank because, Woo! I mean, you got to be guilty about something, right? <laughs> <laughs> you got to you got to find something. But I do I do feel you on that. Like I I always tell people my taste in music is like similar to my taste in food. You know, if it's good, it's good. If it's not, <laughs> it's just not. But. And he played us know. one that's good and one that's not in the same guilty the pleasure. Yeah, exactly. no, it was a wormhole. It was great. Yeah. I would give you that the crown like too. That's that iconic. Like a quinoa Thank you. salad, right? Yes. <laughs> it's good and not at the same time. And also not good. <laughs> well put. No, that, that was mind-blowing. Oh, that's oh, awesome. All right. Well earned. Yeah, well earned. Uh, yeah, well I think earned everybody can agree well on that crown. I, everybody brought some good stuff to the table, but I, I agree on that crown. All right, everybody. Send your questions, comments, and your own cover band experiences to dadbandland at gmail.com. Follow us on all the socials. Dad Band Land is produced by me and by Jeffy Branion. Opening music montage by Jeffy. Starburns producer, Kyle McGraw, who hands out the crownses. Our theme song is by Adam Korn, and Dad Band Land will be back next week. DBL! DBL. DBL. Starburns Avenue, a podcast network.